In the Gemara Maseches Shabbos Dav Peiches, the event of Matan Torah is discussed in great details. Let's look at some parts of this description as we're getting closer to Shavuos. Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov Beyond the Story. To begin, <clears throat> I'd like to uh, start with the Psalm Psukim in Tehillim. In the capital Ches in Tehillim, it begins, The second Pasuk says, Lord our Master, how mighty is your name throughout the earth, you who has set your majesty upon the heavens. The last Pasuk in this capital says, Lord our Master, how mighty is your name throughout the earth. And it doesn't continue as it said in the earlier Pasuk, you who has set your majesty upon the heavens. The Mephoshim of this capital Tilim actually say that this whole chapter is talking about um, the moment Hashem gave us the Torah and the angels were jealous. So obviously something did happen in between the beginning of the of the capital and the end of the capital, where at first uh, the angels are mentioning setting Hashem's majesty upon the heavens, but then at the la- at the end of the capital they don't mention it. What really happens is an interesting discussion between Moshe and the Malachim that took place right before Matan Torah, as you know. Before Matan Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai. And basically it means he went up to Shemaim. And the Gemara tells us, V'amar Rabbi Shah ben Levi, V'shash ala Moshe l'amoroim, Amru malach ha-shores ifen ha-kadosh baruchu, Ma'ale ilu disho abeneinu. When Rabbi Shah ben Levi says that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to receive the Torah, the Malachim said to Hashem, Rebbeinu Shaloylam, Why is there among us Someone born of a woman. That's uh, an interesting, an interesting way of describing Moshe Rabbeinu as a human. Uh, it doesn't say, it doesn't use the word male ben Adam benenu, male enosh benenu. It says yelud isha. What is someone born of a woman doing among among us? I'll go back to this because this observation actually will help us understand. Omar lahen lekabel Torah ba. Hashem tells the Malachim he came to receive the Torah. So then the Malachim says to Hashem, Chamuda Gnuza, the coveted, coveted and treasured Torah, Shegnuzalach, that you have um, hidden with you. Atom mevakesh litna lebasavadam. You want to give it to one who's made of flesh and blood. And then the Malachim mention another pasuk from this capital Ches that we mentioned before. Ma enoish kitiskerinu venodam kitifkedenu. What is a mortal that you should remember him, and the son of man that you should recall him? Hashem adenenu madishimcha bechol aretz. Hashem our Lord, how grand is your name in all the earth? Hashet noit chalashomayim that you should rather bestow your glory upon the heavens. Again, referring to the second pasuk in this capital, the first one that we mentioned before, this is where the Malachim are saying to Hashem, 
Your name is great on earth. It's enough for your name to be great on earth. But your glory, your majesty should be upon the heavens. So then Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, give them, give them an answer. Okay. Moshe Rabbeinu is uh, worried about arguing with the Malachim. He says, I'm afraid that if they don't like what I say, they could simply burn me uh, with their breath. And Hashem says, don't worry. Hold on to my Kisa Kovet. Hold, hold, hold on to my throne and give them an answer. So then I'm going to uh, resume uh, reading from the text because a few uh, interesting points that, that are specifically in the words of the Gemara. So Moshe Rabbeinu is giving the answer now to the Malachim and he says, Amar lefanav, Hashem, the Torah that you are giving me now, what does it say in it? I am Hashem your God who has taken you out of, of Mitzrayim. So then Moshe turns to the angel and he says, Did you ever descend in Mitzrayim? Were you enslaved to Paroi? Why should, should you get the Torah? What, is, what should the Torah be yours? Then he continues. You shall not, um, shall not be any other God for you. Um, why would Hashem need to tell this to Malachim? Are you among nations who worship idols? Well, it says in it, remember the Shabbos to sanctify it. You're supposed to rest on Shabbos from the work that you do. Are you doing any, any work that requires you to rest? What else is written in the Torah? You shall not take the name of Hashem in vain, which is usually something that is done um, when one needs to take an oath. So he says, Are you doing any business trans transaction that then might lead to the need of taking an oath in vain? What else? Honor your mother, your father and your mother. Do you have mother and father? You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. Is there any envy amongst, among you that may lead you to do any of the things? Is there any evil inclination among you? Basically, all of these questions that uh, Moshe is a rhetorical question, Moshe is asking the Malachim, is to show that the Torah is, is not really relevant to you because the Torah is talking about things that just don't apply to angels. Applies Dafke to Bnei Israel and to humans and more specifically to Bnei Israel. So then why should you get a Torah? After showing, after saying all of the things, the, the Malachim actually uh, agreed with Hashem immediately. They conceded to Hashem. And as we see that the end of the capital Tilim says, Hashem our master, I grant is your name in all of earth. However, now the end of the Pasuk that was said earlier, bestow your glory upon the heavens, is no not mentioned. Because now already, and as I was mentioning before, 
what is the difference between the beginning and the end of the capital is that in between there was this whole discussion in which they realized, yeah, fine, you don't need to just leave the Torah in heaven. It is true, you're right, the Torah belongs to Bnei Israel down here. Now, that discussion seems to be um, pretty obvious. I mean, the Torah is talking about the physical things requiring requiring the Eden to do mitzvahs that involve Gashmias, something actions and 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 items and tools that are absolutely non-existent, that are not relevant to the Malachim. So really we need to understand what is the depth, what is the inner meaning of this discussion? What did the Malachim want? Why did they want it? And why is Moshe Rabbeinu bringing specifically this kind of arguments in order to refute um, their, 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 their claim. So it is interesting that uh, some uh, of the Mufajim are saying that in fact, the Malachim are saying that as they say they cl- in, in their first complaint, they say, this is the treasure that has been hidden with you for so long, even before the world was created. And now, you want to give it to the Basavatam. You want to give it to humans. Where was the Torah hidden? We're in Shamaim. Torah was with Hashem. Malachim is saying we are the, the neighbors of the Torah. We are the ones that were in the close proximity of the Torah. Now you want to give it out. Give it out to us. Give it to the Malachim. What's their claim? So it's interesting halacha regarding real estate transaction. The halacha is um, brought in the Gemara, but it's brought in the Rambam, the laws relating to neighbors in Perikut base. Um, the Rambam reads as follows. If a person sells his field, the one who owns a neighboring field has the right to buy the field from the purchaser at the price the purchaser paid. So what this halacha is saying is that it's all based on a klal that says Vasisa yashar there is a general rule in the Torah that says that when it comes to any kind of litigation or any kind of, of a transaction, one should always do what is right. Not just what is good and nice, but what is, what is fair, what is right. In that klal of comes the concept of first priority being given to the neighbor. So, Let's have a scenario. My next door neighbor is selling his house. My house is attached to his. I should have the priority in, in buying it. And the reason why I should have the priority in buying it is because, let's say I want to extend, I want to add bedrooms. So it's only fair, it's only right that I should have that option first. I should be given the option first. Um, let's say I want to extend my dining room. I want to double the size of my dining room, breaking the wall into what used to be his dining room. And it only makes sense that I should have the first, the first choice. Why? Is because what is somebody else want? Somebody else who comes from a different place, not next door neighbor, he just needs a house that has a dining room and bedrooms. He could get this anywhere. He could get this anywhere. He doesn't need to have the one right next to me. Um, me, on the other hand, if I want to extend my dining room, 
I cannot extend it by purchasing a house that is down the block. Have part of my dining room here and the other part somewhere else. That doesn't make sense. Uh, for the other guy, all he wants is a, a house. He could get any house he wants. But for me, that means adding bedrooms. It only makes sense that if I'm adding bedrooms, they should be in my house or in such a proximity that is actually sharing a border with it. So I could just break a, break a wall and then have more bedrooms. So this is the concept of the law known as Bar Metzra or Ben HaMetzar. Ben HaMetzar means the, the one who owns, the one who shares a boundary. Now, this also applies to fields. And for also for the same reason. I'm going to bring my tractor, so it'll be easier for me to plow my field and the, the other field that is right next door if they're attached anyways. So when I do my plowing, my, my uh, harvesting, everything, it's, it makes sense that I should have the first priority on the field because I'm going to be working anyways right here. I'll continue working next door. It'll be all done in one shot. On the other hand, the other person, all you want is a field for you to plow it here or to plow it you know in the, the other city doesn't make any difference to you just you know you just need a field so the law is that it's so strong that even if my neighbor already sold it to somebody else i have the right to go to the buyer and to say how much did you pay a million dollar here's the million the house is mine and he has no no defense i mean of course there are a bunch of loopholes we will see later but that's the law of priority that comes to the neighbor now we could say that the malachim felt that being that they were the Torah's neighbors so therefore they have priority over the Torah. the abishter wants to sell so to speak the Torah to give it out you should give it out to them first they have the first uh, priority. Why is he giving it to people that are completely physical, material, lowly humans? So if that's a strong halachic claim, how come they didn't get it? How come Hashem sided with Moshe and indeed gave the Torah to Moshe? If there is such a claim, that would be a valid claim. So the Rebbe explains... Um, brings in all kind of different answers that have been suggested by the Mephoshim. In this law of, uh, of Bar Metzra, there are conditions. And one condition will be um, that if I want to give my house to my son, my neighbor has absolutely no claim. Because it makes sense that my relative... Um, my son should get priority. It's my house. I'm selling it to him or giving it to him. He should have priority. And the Bnei Israel are considered Hashem's children. So perhaps Bnei Israel had the priority because of that. The Rebbe says we cannot accept this answer because you see that in all of the responses of Moshe, Moshe did not bring in anything about, well, we are also uh, the children and so on. Our Neshama was right there with the Torah. On the contrary, he's emphasizing on the fact that we are humans, 
we have a mother and father, we have we are working, we are amongst other nations, we have a Yetzirah and so on and so forth. It's not mentioning any of the things, so that cannot be the answer. Others suggest that perhaps the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu has been called in Tehillim, Isha Elokim, that it is uh, somewhat uh, a, a human and a Malach at the same time. So, so he would have the same claim as the Malachim. Malachim says, we are the Malachim and we are neighbors of the Torah. And Moshe says, I am Isha Elokim. I'm also neighbor to the Torah. We find it also in the Mepharshim, Pasha Sa'azinu, that says that Moshe Rabbeinu was closer to Shamaim than he was to Aretz. Once again, the Ebbe says we cannot use this as an answer of why we got the Torah because Moshe did not mention any of this. On the contrary, he mentioned how humans we are, not how godly he is. Well, there's another aloche that says that the privilege of Bar Metzra is not given with regard to a present. And we call it Matan Torah. It's been called Matono, as if the Ebeshte gave us a present. And, you know, the, the law makes sense that if I want to give a present to someone, um, my neighbor cannot say, why don't you give it to me as a present? Because the present I give to whoever I feel like, I just don't feel like giving you a present. So I give my house as a present to somebody else. He, he has it and you have no claim. So then the same thing, being that the Torah was given to us as a present, so then the Malachim cannot have a claim. Problem with that answer is that the Torah has been called not only a present, but has been called a purchase. Hashem refers to the Torah as a good purchase. I gave you a good deal. So then, if that's the case, the Malachim should have received the Torah. And here comes... The final answer. The final answer is that when it comes to the din of Bar there is a difference with the purpose. What is the neighbor intending to do with this field, or with this land, or with this house? So the Alochen and Perikudalit in Cheshchinim the Rambam writes that when a person buys a field for the purpose of building a home, but the neighbor wants to use it as a field, the neighbor is not granted the privilege of our Mitzvah. And the halacha continues that because Yishuvaretz, the settling the land, is the most important thing. And settling the land means to make a dira, to make a house, and have people sit, live there, and settle there. That takes precedence over any other priority. So the Rebbe explains like this. Obviously, when the Malachim are going to receive the Torah, the purpose is not for them to practice the mitzvahs the way we do it because that's not applicable to them. So obviously the reason why they wanted the Torah was not to practice the things that are not applicable. It was just to practice it in a more spiritual way. You know that the Torah has many different layers and they would um, apply the spiritual aspect of the Torah. What are we doing with the Torah? The whole purpose... As we mentioned in the last podcast, the whole purpose of Matan Torah and the whole Chiddush of Matan Torah was that the Eibishtei gave us the ability to transform the Gashmias of this world through the mitzvahs. When Hashem gave us the Torah, He gave us the ability to have 
the godliness permeate the Gashmias of this world, when we use this Gashmias to practice the mitzvahs of the Torah, and thereby elevating the world, and not only elevating the world to become more spiritual, but actually to become a dira, a dwelling for the Eivishter, as it is explained in Tanya, that the Eivishter wanted to reveal himself in this world in the same way one reveals himself in his house. Difference is that when we are outside of our house, we have all kinds of social contracts that actually require us to be more confined and concealed. We are expressing ourselves a lot more freely when we are home. This world, which is a place that is, so to speak, unfit for godly revelation because of how intertwined it is with, with the Klippes, Toiri gives us the ability to elevate it and transform it and turn it into a godly place, turn it into a dira. So this is exactly the reference to this halachim. The malachim wanted it just to expand in, 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 in a spiritual sense. But the Yidden, with the Torah, they have the ability to transform this world into a dwelling, a dwelling for Hashem. Well, the Malachim could have said, I, uh, we certainly could use the Torah to make it a dwelling for Hashem in the more uh, spiritual spheres, there will be a greater revelation with the use of the Torah in a more spiritual way. Why do we need it? To have it a dira betachtoinim. So the Rebbe explains, based on a marshal that Alter Rebbe brings in the Torah, that there is um, there are two ways of raising a house, I guess, a, a bungalow, you know, a wooden structure, so to speak. Either you use um, a crane and you lift it up from the top and you hope that the whole house is going to lift up and then you could move it somewhere else. Or you're going to use something that Al-Tarebbe calls a levier, which probably is a levier, you know, a, a lever, that you forklift kind of thing that you're picking up the house from the bottom and then you're carrying it somewhere else. The difference between the two means of doing it is that if you are using a crane and picking up on from the house from the top, you are running a very serious chance of uh, having just the top of the house being raised and not the rest. Whereas when you are lifting it from the bottom, you are also lifting the top as well. So when you are raising the bottom of the house, you are raising the top of the house as well. And that's what Al-Tarebbe says in Tanya, Their whole purpose of creation of this world and the creation of all the spiritual worlds as well is that the Abisha should be revealed in a dwelling, in a way one reveals himself in a dwelling, Dafke in the lower world. How is this the Tachlis of also? Is because by raising the Tachtoin, by raising the lower uh, elements of this world, we are also bringing that great elevation in the higher world as well. 
So yes, the Malachim could have said, we're also going to make a dira by Elyonim. By us making a dira through using the, the Torah, Davke and the Ramazah, we are accomplishing not only what they cannot accomplish in this world, but we're also accomplishing what they could have accomplished as well. And here is the reference that I pointed out at the beginning. In the beginning of the narrative of the Gemara, the Malachim asked the question, Why is there among us a man who was born from a woman? It's an interesting way of describing a human. Well, that is exactly the point of Matan Torah. As we mentioned last week and earlier today, Torah gives us the tool to transform Gashmi Sa'ilam. It's an innovation. We've taken a, a skin of a cow that could have been used as a piece of leather for shoes or whatnot. And we've transformed this piece of leather and turned it into tefillin. We have taken something that is completely physical, material, and perhaps pretty low, and we have used it for a mitzvah. We have imbued it with kedusha to the point that it remains holy forever, even if Chaz becomes possible. That is true for everything we encounter when we do a mitzvah. That is true for the atmosphere, for the air in the room when we are talking Torah, for any object that is used for a mitzvah, for any action that we do. We have that power to innovate, to create something new. Just like Yelud Isha giving birth, something that wasn't there and suddenly appears. Something that through the Isha, through the woman, has developed into a baby. We have taken something completely Gashmi and turned it into something purposeful, holy and sanctified. That is the power of innovation that we have in this world. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say to the Malachim, well, we're just like you. Our Neshamis was also in Shamaim, just like with the Malachim. I am also kind of a malach. Because then he would say, okay, so if you're just like us, we should get it. The point that she was making is that you, malachim, you angels, you don't have that power to innovate. That koyach of a chidush, to be mechadesh. You don't have that koyach. You serve the Eivishter faithfully with great bitul. But you cannot transform anything into something that was not. And if the Torah remains with you, to a certain extent, that chance to innovate and transform hasn't been used. And that's why we are the ones who are receiving the Torah. Now, just to finish with one more question. In that case, the Malachim maybe could have gotten the spiritual side of the Torah. Let's say there is Pshat, Remes, Drush, Soit. There's four different aspects of understanding the Torah and maybe, maybe give the soit to the Malachim. And they would just deal with the way we learn Torah in Gan Eden, for example. In a more spiritual way, it's, it's a reference to something that is a lot higher than the way we understand it in the Pshat. Let the Malachim have that. And we could have the rest. So here is one more Malachim that the Rambam brings. 
that says Amoichir kol nechasav leechot. If one decides to sell all of his property to one person as a package deal, he has properties all over the place and he's selling everything as a package to someone. None of the neighbors of these individual properties could come and say, well, I'm a neighbor, I should have the first the, the first priority in buying it. Simply put, going back to Vasis Ayash of Atoiv, is that the, the, the seller doesn't want to doesn't want to bother with with ten transactions and and lawyer's fee and closing uh, uh, closing proceedings on on so many times. He just want to deal with one person, sell him everything. So therefore, the the neighbor cannot come and say, "I want my house, the the house that is next to me," because he want buy everything. Being that the malachim clearly concede that the pshat part of the Torah and the mitzvahs in action, the way they are done by Gashmias, are totally unapplicable to them. They, they cannot come and say, we want the whole Torah because part of it is not applicable. They cannot say, I want only the spiritual part. Because the Eivishter is giving us everything, what we could do, and showing us that, that also the spiritual part of the Torah, the side of the Torah, is also something to share to us, or else we wouldn't be getting it. So to conclude, Moshe Rabbeinu had to point out to the Malachim, you don't have a mother and father, we do. You don't have a Yetzirah. All of those things that we could have thought that compared to Malachim, it is actually not a praise. Moshe Rabbeinu is using it as the argument why the Torah belongs to us. Dafke, because we have challenges, Dafke because we have limitations, but those limitations and challenges also come with that great power of Hoylada, the power to conceive, the power to create, the power to innovate. But the tools to be used with this power is Torah and mitzvahs. So as we are receiving the Torah again this year, let us realize how powerful it is. And let us realize the purpose of it. So anything we come in contact with in this seemingly lowly world could actually be elevated and transformed. Dafke bayas, and specifically because we are not angels.